Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special No Cartridge Audio. Uh, my guest today is Scott Benson, one-third of the team behind the wildly popular Night in the Woods. Uh, we talk about all sorts of things from game design to capitalism to linear stories to Wawa versus Sheets uh, to the DSA, all sorts of stuff in this one. Um, I really hope you enjoy. Um, uh, I've made this free uh, after some initial hesitations because I just wanted everyone to hear it. Um, and yeah, uh, normal things apply. Uh, Patreon is at patreon.com backslash Hagelbon. PayPal at paypal.me backslash Hagelbon. Uh, follow the blog at no-cartridge.com. Uh, certainly there'll be some stuff on there about this game soon and uh, follow uh, the podcast at no-cartridge.net for the RSS feed or on iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And without further ado, Scott Benson. Hi, I'm Trevor Strunk, um, uh, Hagelbon on Twitter, uh, this is No Cartridge Audio, and we're here with uh, Scott Benson, who I'm going to let you tell you, uh, give yourself a, uh, a title uh, for what you did on uh, Night in the Woods, which I should say off the bat, um, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just so I don't seem ingratiating, I really, really like, uh, so I should say first off that it's a great game, but um, you are the fill in the blank for uh, Night in the Woods. Okay, so, uh, hey, everybody. Um, I'm, jeez, okay, I'm, if I had to break it down, I'm kind of co-creator, co-director of it. Um, I also, but, like, my duties were, <clears throat> um, yeah, co-creator, uh, definitely co-director and kind of co-designer. Um, I did, I wrote most of, almost all the on-screen okay. dialogue. I co-wrote the story uh, with Bethany Hockenberry. Um, and, uh, and I did the art, most of the art and animation, uh, like the art director on it and did the level design as much wow. stuff. I mean, it's not like superhuman. You just end up doing all that stuff on like a three person team. Sure. Yeah. This game. That makes sense. Um, so you just end up like, it sounds like you're bragging where you're like, Oh, I did this, that it's just like, nah, everyone did a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, that's just. Well, my end. Yeah, sure. End I guess being... like uh, it's it's funny. Um, I have some friends. Like I did a podcast a while back with a guy who used to work in dev and like at AAA titles, and I think he worked on the the Conan MMO for a while. And to hear to hear him talk about ah. it, it's just like it's a soulless, just a massive corporation, and it sounds so so crazy. And when you talk about it, it really is the kind of I don't know. There's there's sort of like the uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, and we'll get into you know breaking down the myths of capitalism, I guess. But uh, the entrepreneurial spirit you kind of imagine when you're playing a Mario game or something, just like thinking about making it with your friends. Yeah, I think that like having worked in like studios, mm-hmm. not game studios. This is like the first game I've ever worked on. Um, the uh, but having worked at other other places, I think that there is like a lot of like individual love like that does go in when you have in like the more kind of like larger studios because like there could be someone who's just like yeah my entire job is just making grass shaders but i fucking love grass shaders um sorry, it's I okay no, no, no. I, I, I tend not to curse in the right. major the major uh, the uh, normal episodes but that's just because i get nervous and don't curse um i'll just i'll, I'll shove uh, the okay. uh, i'll shove the explicit tag on there we'll be fine 
I when I get oh, nervous, nice. I curse and curse. Uh, <laughs> we'll so, balance each other um, out. That's good. But um, yeah, so like I've met like a decent amount or some like folks who work in AAA since uh, getting into doing this. Um, a lot of whom are like super supportive of Nine yeah. which is nice. Um, and it is one of those things where it's like it's slightly different, but it's like in a lot of ways not. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that like. For some people, yeah, it is like just totally a job. I think some people really enjoy what they do, um, but I think that uh, I don't know. It's weird, like talking about like creation versus mm. like job or whatever, because it's like there's plenty of times during Night in the Woods where we we're working on some part of it that I had to get done that I just did not care about. It's like, all right, I got to go and clone these hundred things tonight and slightly tweak them, and I'm like, I don't care about this. This sucks. Like, that's you know, that's just the nature yeah, of any of sort of big project that you're working on. And at that point, like, that Night in the Woods was very, very much just a job that I had to do. Like, it's my job. I work on Night in the Woods. But then, like, other times, it's, like, this, like, mad, like, event where you're, like, so connected with it. And so it's just, like, your entire life. It's just weird being done because you're not living in that yeah. 24-7. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think that's, like, I think that's, yeah, that's really, like, it makes sense with the game, too. Because, I mean, there's a lot in the game that... So I see a lot of, I read a couple of reviews of the game, none of which I should say I, I totally agree with. So when I said I'd be effusive about the game, I'm like a little <laughs> effusive about the game. I think it's really, really great. Um, and one of the reasons I think it's really great is because, you know, people keep describing it as like, you know, the, the central question about the game, which is a weird question for me to ask, and maybe you find it weird too, or maybe it makes more sense to you, is like, is it more or less than the sum of its parts? That seems to be like, like a lot of people are asking about it. Um and it strikes me that's because, like, the the parts in the game, like, all of the sort of incidental animations and just the world building and, you know, the mini games and all sort of the the kind of uh, even, like, WarioWare style, like, now you're playing the base, now you might be playing, like, a Dark Souls-like um, top-down kind of deal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it just strikes me there's, like, a lot of uh, inspirations and influences here um, that kind of, like, build into the work. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> our, design, our design philosophy from basically the, the start was um, we were going to we wanted to make a game that what that kind of put its narrative and its characters and like its world like right at the at the front like at the forefront like we were not going to bend the story to accommodate a core loop yeah or something. So it's like you know other games that and these are games that I like by the way I'm not talking shit but like. Uh, other games, like I mean, I love the Dark Souls series, and like that is that you really only have a couple birds oh, yeah, you could right, do exactly. in those games, and they try <laughs> sure. to, you know, you know, um, and uh, you know something like Halo, which is what I always think about when it when it comes to like the loop, because this is the first time I ever heard like someone describe the loop of like you know make something that is amazingly super fun for a couple minutes and then just repeat mm -hmm. that and iterate on it, and like there you go. If it's fun to run around as Mario in Mario sixty four for two minutes just give him a lot of different places yeah. to run around and execute those mechanics. That's something that we didn't want to do uh, because we wanted to do a story, wanted to have this world, we wanted to have these characters, and we were going to let the game design follow along with what we wanted to do. Um, and so that allowed us to be kind of freestyle cool. about a lot of things. Like, we didn't start out going like, oh, well, we're going to have, like, a guitar hero-y part. It was, no, May goes to a band practice. What do we want her to do? Well, we can either have them talk and then, 
you could watch a thing where band practice happens, which would be fine, or they could skip band practice and just talk about it afterwards. That'd be fine. But it's like, no, like let's you know put the player actually in there. Uh, and especially since May is canonically bad at bass and doesn't know the songs, we're not going to give you any ramp up to it, like so that you know you're you know you're in May's position, that kind of thing. Like we're we were really really big on giving you lots of ways to like uh, I don't know we can talk about this later, but we were really into not doing the whole May is proficient. We did not want to make a proficient yeah player you actually. Character. We wanted her to be possibly clumsier or dumber or whatever than the player because this is a game about her, not you being right. awesome. As no, her. I mean you actually you actually keyed in um, accidentally, um, unless you're like reading my mail. Um, oh, okay. Well, I good. I'm glad someone is. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. no, you kind of keyed in accidentally to like uh, an experience I had when I was in a band. I was the bassist for my band, and um, they had me come on because their bassist left and they I was 14 and they said just you know learn bass anyone can um which I mean is mm-hmm. true and not true uh as May so I realized this uh and the first time I played a show I just I literally forgot how to play bass and just like didn't play for half of a song and then kind of picked it up afterwards so nice. being May in that situation I was like oh I get this this is this is very familiar to me uh, uh it was what a kind of band kind of like yeah, very actually similar nice. to the game uh, in a lot of ways. Like, this is actually... So there are two things that came up when I was... Well, when you were talking about all that, like, which is all very evocative. Um, and it evokes two things for me. One is that, like, this is just like a... Night of the Woods is such a... I don't know how to say this without sounding like a cliche. It's such a complete world. Like, there's a, there's a sense of... I, I saw someone describe it as, like, a sense of constraint because there is the town and you're sort of like limited within your interactions that way but also just like expansiveness Mm because everyone sort of has their own fleshed out personality um and it really i i mean you're sort of i'm 31 uh just about to be 32 so we're sort of experiencing similar time periods of growing up and for whatever reason I, i was i'm assuming that's why um this really like hit on a lot of notes. I said to my wife earlier tonight, like if she played video games, I tell her to play this because it's just like a bunch of people we grew up with. Um, so like I don't know how much, I don't know how much. I guess this is like how to merge these two thoughts. Like how much of the how much of the game do you think re- relies on, uh, like a player actually being sympathetic with these characters, and how much is sort of just like anyone can play it? I think that. Oh, this is this is a good question cool. because I have two answers. One, one is yeah, it kind of does, but also doesn't. So like in like a completely kind of taking that question um, straight on, like uh, do you need to have been from a kind of a small town? Do you need to have and understood this context to like in some way like directly connected with it to kind of get it? Not really, although it, it seems to help a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of folks. Um, obviously, like a lot of people. Um, you can see this in reviews and people who write about it afterwards, <clears throat> but some, a lot of people saying, wow, I've, this is exactly my hometown. Like this is like, I mean, the details are different, yeah. but it's so close. Um, and we got that from a lot of different people. It's actually been one of my favorite things is seeing how it connected to people. Um, not just from around here, um, out in kind of like Appalachia, Rust Belt area, but also, 
you know, people in like Eastern Canada who's like, yeah, this is like my town, except for right. it's the fishing industry. Or another friend of mine who's like, oh, yeah, this is like my town out in California, but it was like the dairy industry. Or someone who's out in like Poland who is like, it's exactly like my town and it's the same <laughs> industry. Right. <laughs> you know, like so many people going, oh, there's, there are things here that are really universal um, in or universal enough that I can transpose it into my kind of context and us being really specific about it. Like the kind of like, I think the common uh, cliche is that you should avoid getting mega specific. Like there's so much that's very specific to this, to the area that Bethany grew up in and that I've lived in like for like the past 16 years or 17 years, uh, you know, the pierogies, the landscape, yeah, the, pierogies, uh, right. the, <laughs> Yeah, uh, the um, uh, smelters is a take on Steelers. Like, it's really, it's very on the nose. And, like, just a lot of landscapes, like, a lot of the neighborhoods, people who are from here go, oh, wow, this looks exactly like this area. And somehow being specific like that and kind of really throwing the whole, like, well, we need to make it so it's utterly relatable to anyone made people relate to it because they started thinking about their own Mm. specifics. You know, it's like when you see someone else talking about their hometown and the things that they know about it and how that doesn't make you think, well, uh, we don't have that fast food chain here. It makes you think like, Oh man, remember, I remember yeah. my town had this and stuff. And so as much as the game isn't really about like nostalgia, like we weren't trying to create a nostalgia piece. It is something that people really connected to um, outside of that context, which is cool. The second uh, answer to that question, which is like, do people need to kind of relate to these characters is like kind of, I think like there are definitely some people who, didn't care for the characters just mm. as characters. Like this isn't a widespread thing really, but like there's a few people who are like, well, I just think May is like really <laughs> selfish or I think that this is that, which I think is a little ridiculous because it's just like most of these people will play like the the redemption stories of a thousand murderers and call it like, you know, brilliant and life changing, but like one like dipshit dirt fault, like twenty year old woman can't pass <laughs> right, without sure. comment. It's just like fuck off. <laughs> like the um but there, there is like a little bit of that kind of thing where there's a lot of folks who are just like, no, May is kind of a fuck up, and her and her friends go out and like, you know, particularly Greg, they go out and like smash things or do stuff, and there are some people for whom they're mm-hmm. like, why would you do that? Are they criminals or something? I'm not a criminal, which is funny because I'm just like, you're all squares yeah, or you're all no, cops. I feel the same like, way. I actually, you know, <laughs> I had that experience when I was reading. I forget which. I I won't I won't call them out. There's no real reason to. Uh, but it was a review where someone was like, I couldn't quite relate with May and her friends because I was never the cool kid in school. And I was like, man, these kids aren't cool. <laughs> like they're just like, <laughs> yeah, no. Like, they're, like, like yeah, like, I always refer to May as, like, a dipshit dirtball, but, like, and in that way, she's yeah. so much like me, and, like, so much like so many people I've known in my life, like, and I think that we need more people like that, like, I think a lot of times that when people try to write characters who are kind of, like, quote-unquote real, they make them these, like, idealistic versions of yeah. themselves, like... The or the worst thing is when you're like it's like a middle aged man is clearly writing like his like teen crush or something and like where it's just like oh man she's so she's like she's precociously smart and likes retro things the things I liked when I was a teen and right. stuff like like all the stuff and you just it's so transparent and it's so bad and it's so prevalent without sure. naming any names and so like we wanted to just run from all that shit and like. 
the people for for the few people that we kind of lost who just could not put themselves in that shoes, or, or even if they couldn't put themselves in that shoes, like kind of live with that character for a little bit and understand that the story was about her and not necessarily the player fixing all of her problems. Like the for as many people as that happened, and it actually wasn't that many, but but it sure, you know, obviously sticks with you. The um, but there were so many people who were like, this character is literally me and I'm like 30, yeah, no, I... <laughs> you know, like, or this character is, this character is me. I was Angus. Exactly. Like even the life story, like this mm-hmm. is me as Angus or like I, I was in B situation and I have the exact same personality or like, we just haven't like, I think that games haven't had a lot of maze in them. And so that was just a lot of people were like, I can't believe that this is kind of a thing, which is, I mean, that's not like patting us on the back or anything. I think we just, um, no, I mean, I, I think it's great. <laughs> like there's, you know, cause there's a, you know, there's a way in which I, I kind of, so someone, one of my friends actually, I wasn't really aware of night in the woods, which isn't to say like I to be mean or anything like that. I'm, I'm actually just getting back into video games by way of, um, uh, by way of sort of being interested in them academically and kind of going this route. Um, yeah. But, you know, getting back into it, you know, building building it up, having people read, someone actually messaged me and said, like, hey, you should check out this game. Um, and looking into it, I was like, oh, yeah, it looks super neat. Like, I like the aesthetic. So I downloaded it and I, I bought it and downloaded it. Um, I'm not just adding that. I did buy it. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't pirate this without asking you that. I yeah. pirated the shit out of it. So I played an unpatched version that had a bug from, like, two weeks out and still out about it. Um, but... The, um, you know, what I was, I kind of put it off for a while because I, not because I thought it would be bad, but because I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be a game that is similar emotionally to something like, like Gone Home, which I've written kind of extensive. I had a chapter in my dissertation that dealt with Gone Home. So I spent a lot of time with Oh yeah. Yeah. So do I. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with it. I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on it. Um, but Gone Home kind of hits that nostalgia point for me, which is like a tough place for gaming. Um, cause in some ways I game because it makes me feel like there's, you know, it gives me, it gives me, um, discrete tasks. It kind of helps me, helps me escape from yeah. a, a more confusing world in some ways. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be one of those games that's going to make me remember stuff about my childhood or like being a teen and, you know, it's going to be kind of emotional, um, and playing it. I mean, that's certainly true. Uh, but I think for two reasons, one is that one is definitely the anthropomorphized uh, animals, which I think is just like a brilliant choice because it's, you know, it distracts or, or distances in a certain way, it defamiliarizes the player. So it's not necessarily about being mm-hmm. May, uh, but recognizing yourself in her. Um, but I mean, the other thing is that it's like real, right? Like there's uh, nostalgic games sort of have, as you say, like an idealized sense of what it was to be a teen or whatever. Um, whereas like this game in a lot of ways kind of speaks to this fear I used to have of just like ending back up in my old hometown where there's no industry because it's all kind of (laughs) closed down and ending up there and being like, well, I guess this is who I am. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm a screw up. Um, And so to see that actually represented in a game is just like, it's not sad. It's not emotional. It's just like you recognize that you feel good about it. Yeah, there is um, Uh, Heart Life. Yeah, so Cart Life is like one of my favorite games. It's mm-hmm. an influence on Night in the Woods. It was, it's, yeah, I, I, I think Cart Life, but I've never finished it because I get like panic attacks playing it because I've been in the position of the characters yeah. in Cart Life and through most of my twenties, and I couldn't finish it because I was just getting panic because of just flashbacks to that yes. level of precarity. Um, 
And, like, that's not in the sense of, like, oh, yeah, I've, like, made it. It's just, like, no, this is just the precarity that is thrust upon people, and it sucks, and it's bad, and it is traumatizing. It's, like, you, ever, oh, you know the yeah. fear, right? You're familiar yes, with the familiar fear? With the yeah. Fear. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know the definition of the fear, so, like, I'll, I'll define the fear for, for the audience. The fear is that is basically what you just said. The fear is that... This is this paycheck you got is the last paycheck you're ever gonna get. The the this apartment is the last one you'll ever be able. And if you like the apartment, you're gonna right. lose it. <laughs> like you need to make your car last forever uh, until like you're just driving it down to like the nub because there's no way you'll ever go into enough debt, you know, like voluntarily to you know because the the fear. I mean, it's mm. just capitalism. It's just precarity. But like, it's just the fear, and like, you never lose the fear if you've like mm-hmm. tasted no, the fear. <laughs> like, if you had the fear instilled in you, you just never lose it. Um, so like, I think that Cart Life is a game to me about the fear. Like, it is. It just it it triggers it so hard with me that I just couldn't play it. Like, I was just like, I I can't I can't do mm-hmm. this again. Like, um and. That's something that I think broadly in a much less acute manner, like as far as focus that I think um, we wanted to capture in kind of that aspect of Night in the Woods. Like the fact that the fear is this thing, <laughs> this like almost substance, this like thing yeah, following definitely. you around. Well, almost. you know, it's it's funny. There's a in the Steam description. I remember they say like you come home and your friends aren't quite the same or there's something amiss or something like that, which I mean does come through a little bit but especially in those early moments where you're just kind of like seeing your friends it struck me i was like well it's not so much that you're a miss like i think it's um it's when you're driving in the car with b after a party um and i'm just gonna i'm mostly just gonna stick with the um with the social stuff so as not to i i think a lot of people don't listen to the podcast i do sometimes because um he said explaining why his listenership isn't bigger um <laughs> uh why uh they're worried about spoilers and i'm, I'm gonna try and keep this vaguely spoiler free but we if we get into it who cares it's fine mm-hmm. um yeah we have to get a debarkation of after yeah, here right, there exactly. be spoilers uh but you know in in the in the uh car ride home with b uh where it's it's right after the party where may is drunk and um b says like you went to college um or like she says like i got older um and uh and May says, like, you're two, you're, I'm two months older than you. And she says, well, you know, I stayed in this town and got older and you went to college and stayed the same. Um, and there's a way in which, like, that recognition of, like, needing a job of, like, not quite being of an, an adult of sort of, like, hitting a dead end where you're like, okay, this is where I'm going to be forever um, is very palpable in the game. Mm-hmm. But sort of, like, mixed in with the distraction of being May at the same point, like, trying to avoid it, trying to sort of, like, stay one step ahead of it. Yeah, I think um, having May be this, because May evolved over time, um, certainly, um, and like any story you live with for three years is going to evolve, of course. definitely over over time, um, and and stuff. So like having May again be kind of like not the smartest person, not the most sensitive person in the cast. She's not bad. Like I I think May is actually a really good person, but yeah. is just clumsy and having a really hard time of it, and has like untreated <laughs> mental issues right. and stuff. Like and is having a really rough time, and then all this other stuff on top of that. Um, but uh, having uh, putting you in the position of 
of maybe you relate to this other character that may keep screwing things mm-hmm. up with more. Like maybe you totally see B's situation. I don't know how you couldn't and feel kind of yeah. bad about it or feel like, yeah, no, there's something understandable about this. Um, and is hopefully something understandable about how their relationship dynamic grows and changes over time and where it starts. Um, but having you in the position of not being yes, able to control absolutely. that, um, like you're completely disempowered from changing that. You're not going to solve B's problems, and you are not also the one who's going to, you know, just like cheer her up all the time. Like you're going to try, but it's not like you're going to, you know. Well, and you know fix all uh, that that scene with the with the drunk May. Also, there's this really interesting thing you do that I I kept trying to kind of figure out how I would describe in writing, and realized I probably couldn't. Where like the the choices you get to speak are, like, these sort of, like, well-framed, like, B, I'm so sorry, like, I should have, that was insensitive of me or something. And if you choose that, May just stumbles through it as, like, completely drunk. Um, and that's, like, a good uh, microcosm of how the game kind of takes control away from you, right? Like, even in terms of being May, like, you can only pick a certain number of questions or, or responses, like, and they're the ones that she would pick. Or, yeah. like, the moment where she's looking at herself in the mirror and, like, judging herself, and you want to be like, oh, like... I wish I could tell her she looks fine or whatever. Um, and that's not an option. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because it's not reality. Like, it, Or it's not, how to put this, it's not interesting Like to be able to fix this. Like, having right answers is really boring. Yeah. Um, like, having best you can do in this scenario, uh, or funniest you can do, or most interesting you could do, like, whatever. These are all so much more interesting than things that are designed towards mm-hmm. a solution. Um, cause it's like, you can tell all kinds of stories if you don't actually need to solve anything. Like imagine all the puzzles that don't, that you don't, that, if, that you can have, if you don't need to solve them, like it's way more interesting, yeah. at least to me. Like, and so having May giving her these kind of relationship dynamics that, you know, you can, you know, or like a lot through the game, like, you know, May's not going to like bring the, the steel right. mill back to yeah, town. Sure. <laughs> like, so the question is, what do you do within this disempowered space that we all live in in real life? You can just do like a lot more fun stuff with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can tell those those more interesting well, you sort of get, stories. You get a couple of things going on there. I think like the one other thing I wanted to say about the the dialogue and sort of like the way that that sets up, and then um, but before kind of moving on to another thing you said is the you know I, I played a couple of games, so I have a, a th- I guess now she just turned three, so three on the third, so I have a three year old. Um, and she's she's great, yeah. um, but like I haven't played a lot of games where being a parent seems realistic, right? Like there are games where you get to make choices as a parent or whatever, and I've seen games like Heavy Rain mm-hmm. described as like a parent's nightmare or whatever. But it seems it seems on some level yeah. that games are basically dis- basically there to either exist as you know parent help c- scenarios where you can always pick the right answer and make your kid really like great or whatever um always make the right choice mm-hmm. um or uh they're meant to sort of scare you and be like a, a sort of like well what if the worst thing were to happen kind of thing and not that a lot of games mm-hmm. are interested in parenthood and not that they should be but like night in the woods was the first time where i'm like oh this is sort of like an honest version of it where like in in fact like it's it's just people doing the best they can um and just like having a very serious and like loving relationship and that being the bedrock of it and all, but like literally just like the communication being difficult, growing, evolving, sometimes good, sometimes not good. Um, just like, I, I thought that was really smart. 
Um, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention, uh, and, and maybe we can pivot into this, is that like I, I like the fact that you kind of juxtapose the troubles in the plot, and even like leading to like the supernatural or sort of like more out there troubles in the plot um, that that you get to in the later acts with the the real world troubles of yeah, you can't bring back the mill. Like this is this is late capitalism. This is precarity. This is you know late mm-hmm. global capitalism in a certain like if you want to call it neoliberal, however sense. Um, this is what it is. You can't fix that in the game. Um, I thought that was really, I, that yeah. came through a lot. Um, which of course, you know, I, you know, read all the marks, uh, in, in college and I'm, you know, I will, <laughs> I will talk anyone's ear off about it. So that was really exciting to see. Um, but yeah, I thought both of those things really came through quite well in, in terms of choices. The, um, the, the parent thing is kind of like touching on that. That was fun. Like I'm, I think, like a year or so closer to May's parents' age than I am to May at this point. I'm 35. Oh. May's 20. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I might. Well, or I'm closer to being able to relate to her parents like directly in the sense of like, oh, they got this kind of like younger person who's kind of bumbling <laughs> around trying to fix stuff like. You know, do I just try to keep it light? Am I going to really try to, like, figure out what's going on with them? Am I going to do that? There was there was something because uh, people have asked, like, oh, is it hard to, like, write our parents? It's like, no, you just write how, like, you might, if you loved this person and they were, like, younger than you and you felt this kind of attachment and you had this history with them. It's like, yeah, how would you talk? Like, we wanted to give May um, kind of just a good family. Like, her parents are a little negligent. They're mm-hmm. a little clueless. Um and they certainly are not clued into what's going on with their daughter in ways that they probably should have been years ago. But, um, but you know, they mean well and they're busy and they're stressed in ways that they're trying to hide from their daughter. This is just like pretty, yeah, this is just pretty like, you know, straight up, I think how, yeah, no, exactly. Is. And you're, you're, um, I mean, obviously they're sort of like more, you know, there are direct uh, instances of abuse and, and, and things like that going on in the game as well, uh, not with May's parents, but, like, you know, the yeah. I, I think you're, the fact that there is one family in the game that is, like, the sort of trouble in the family, if there is a trouble in the family, isn't something like, oh, you know, there's some sort of deep, dark secret. It's literally that, like, it's very diff- you can't, you're not a mind reader, there are certain things you're going to miss, certain things that get... Certain things everyone messes up on. Like my dad yeah. always used to, or my, I guess my grandmother said to him, and he said it a couple times to me. Like he would say, he said to her, you know, oh, uh, you're you're gonna make me go to therapy. Like I'm gonna have to go to therapy for this. You're scarring me. Uh, my grandmother would say, oh, I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm not the only person being scarred here. Um, so, you know, like, <laughs> the expect. I mean, they were a very, um, you know, very, very happy family in a lot of ways. But like, you know, the expectation that if you're not getting scarred, if there's not like therapy after the fact, then you're kind of not doing families. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, not going to talk about my own family, but yeah, yeah. But the, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things it was just like, of all the trouble that May is going to have, the one thing we didn't want to do is like, and her family, she's going to fight with them constantly or something. It was just like, no, like they clearly love each other. Like, Jeez, I don't know how I'm going to talk about some of this without uh, you could do spoilers. Why don't, why don't uh, we say here the, if you if you're really worried about spoilers, um, skip ahead. I'll like make some sort of loud noise when we get to capitalism or whatever. But feel free. You could you could do spoilers now. <laughs> um, yeah, like so. There's a part where that you fight, right. uh, you know, a, a little bit into the game, 
And that's one of the parts that we've heard from most um, from people about people being like, yeah, this is the exact fight I had with my mom or this is the exact dynamic, Uh, mostly from 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 women being like, yeah, this is like the exact kind of way that my mom and I had like our biggest fight ever and stuff just the way that you know you needle people and like you 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 love like the the two of them love each other enough that they know exactly mm-hmm. what buttons yeah. to push um and but and they you know one person says something and then the person counters it and then eventually someone goes one too far and it's you know and then it's like you walk off in a huff or you yell or you something and you just don't talk to each other for like a day or or so and then but oftentimes what happens and we had to you know we don't have like years of this game to to do this so we couldn't like have them like not talk for <laughs> three <laughs> years or something <laughs> but like you know the there's an eagerness to make up afterwards in like the be- ideally best case scenario both of you fought but then once you cool off you're both really eager to not be yeah, fighting and I think that, that eagerness in um, May is is something that like if you're if you're thinking about an aspirational quality to one of the characters, like you know, obviously we, we talked a little bit about the dangers of making your main character too aspirational, given that it's kind of like an avatar. But like mm-hmm. eagerness I think is one that you can kind of forgive because it's I don't know, it moves the story forward, but also it's true to her that she's constantly just trying to fix things, right? Like you said. Yeah, like May is a fixer. Mm. Like May so rarely throws up her hands and just says, "Ah, well, can't right. do anything about it." Like, you know, um, and her mom also is like because of their past and because of May, just mm-hmm. doesn't want to lose right. her. Like, it's like I understand how how easy it is for this to all go really wrong, and also I don't know what's going on with you right now, but I'm very worried. But due to a mix of our dynamic and just the fact that uh, this is my weird failing as a parent that I can't ask. just like get this. Yeah. I can't just, I, I can ask, but I'm going to back down like immediately, which I've seen. Like, I mean like that, that's based on like people like the parents that I've known and stuff who like um, kind of were like super, super lax about it. And oftentimes like that's super fine, but with someone like May, that just does not yeah. work uh, at all. Of course. <laughs> so we wanted to give her parents if they have failings, failings that aren't, you know, life and death, um, but are things that you'd look back on and go, this is how mm-hmm. I'd be a better mm-hmm. parent if I if I was to do this again, because I don't have a, I don't have kids, but I think about it and I'm like, that's the thing I think about is like, what's the th- thing like when I think everything is going fine, let's say that everything goes well and my kid, you know, grows up and leaves for college or, you know, is having their family and everything went fine. And I'm like, wow, that was great. But then, like, ten years later, I'm like, there's the one thing right. that I know I fucked up. Like, long running, and I meant well, and I fucked it up. We wanted to give May's parents mm-hmm. those things. Those are way more interesting, is the things that are born out of, like, years and years of just yeah, good faith absolutely. efforts. Um, yeah, as opposed to, you know, her dad's a secret murderer <laughs> or something. Right. It's just like, that could be cool, but... No, that's no, not that's, that's a different game. That's that's your landlord's game. Um <laughs> Um, no I so yeah I think that's really that's great and like in a lot of ways so like I'm trying to think of where this this keys into this keyed into a question I thought of before but maybe 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 I lost it um yeah no it's so I'm kind of interested uh so I'll say I'll say it kind of more fervently now uh we're gonna talk about capitalism um (laughs) so it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Although I don't know how to do this one without. Oh well, actually, either, just keep so. skipping then. Um, 
Yeah, we can no, talk no, around no. it. No, no, no. I want you to. Way. I want you to go right in. You don't have to talk around it. Um, so I really liked the way. I'm glad you used the term first, uh, so I don't have to sound eggheaded bringing it in, or worry that I sound eggheaded bringing <laughs> it in because you didn't. Um, but uh, I like that you used the term precarity to talk about the game. Um, I think, like in a lot of ways, uh, what the game is really kind of like focused on in in a very serious way. And you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. Um, it, and you, I guess you've already said it, so I'm not. But like the is about this like economic decline or like a sort of sense of economic decline. And what I really like about it, and maybe you can talk a little more on this, is the way in which you merged. Um, you know, the material quality of that, like, okay, the glass factory closed and the, you know, the, the industry is like completely kind of screwy in this town and you get people on the street talking about like, we have to bring business in and stuff like that. Um, and of course, like the constant mm -hmm. shuffling of supermarkets and things. Um, but also there's sort of like the emotive quality of it, which isn't just people saying like, well, I'm poor now, um, and like crying, but like literally a kind of like, as you say, like the fear or a, a sense of like, intangible emotional quality to what is like just a, a fact of life or like a, a fact of current life anyway. Yeah. I think that like, there's a couple, there's a couple, I think large, I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of shit going sure, on. Game, sure. But like the, um, um, if I was going to pick out some, like some, like a few main threads, part of it is that like one of it is like just mm -hmm. mental health stuff. That is something that like all of us who are on the core team have, so, mm -hmm. have struggled with. And in fact, May's, uh, I guess we're in spoiler territory. May's big breakdown is a more violent version of something that happened to me at like age okay. seven or something. Um, and a lot of her issues with depression and anxiety and stuff are really true to life and stuff. So I, I feel like the central kind of metaphor villain, if you want to call it that thing in the game, uh, kind of pulls a couple like double duty for like this kind of feeling mm -hmm. that fear that kind of emptiness that like nothing will ever be anything again. And, uh, and maybe nothing ever yeah. was anything. And that, that like you get from honest, like, you know, have from having depression, from having that kind of derealization type feeling. And also that you get when you drive down your hometown and realize that like half the places that you went to and grew up, that you have these memories mm -hmm. are, are gone. And you're like, God, this is just, <laughs> okay like what am i now that i've like lost this organizing principle and you can kind of see that elsewhere in the game too when we talk about god like mm -hmm. the god stuff also all three of us were people who were christians like bethany and i were in some sort of ministry for like you wow. know 10 years or so and alec um who i realize i haven't mentioned yet which is fucked up like alec Haloka is uh he was one of the uh, he worked on Aquaria. Um, he that was kind of his like I think claim to fame before uh, cool uh, before this he did like the music for Towerfall. He's like super super um, talented and cool and uh, he's like the other kind of co-director and co-designer of the game and he also I, did all I, the music. So um, in, for in, it. In, in kindness to Alec for not bringing him up earlier, I love and I yeah it's messed up. He's he's gonna be so mad. Um, <laughs> no, I actually I I was actually playing through a little bit of it more today uh again before we talked and the i was struck with the way in like the first time you come up against the church um the ways in which the music fades in and out um and the way it kind of like mm. fades in and out of the background and sort of like speaks to your closeness to the town i felt like the music direction was really um extre extremely subtle in this game which i i really appreciated quite a bit 
Yeah, he did an amazing job, and just the sheer volume of it is just like how mm-hmm. much he had to work to like fill this game. There's so much yeah. space in this game you have to fill, uh, and the way he did it, I, I think, is um, really fantastic. There's like so much complexity with the themes and the <laughs> motifs and uh, all this stuff. So yeah, no, hats off to Alec, and he's also the one who knew how to make this like not just a bunch of ideas and drawings and dialogue That's into great. a game. Um, so, like, I definitely caught up in helping with that a lot, but I, I don't know how to code, for example. Like, I know how to work within Unity and do, like, a lot of different stuff, but he's the coder, and he's the one who had, like, the experience of kind of bringing this into, like, a package that, like, mm-hmm. runs, yeah. that works. <laughs> Thank you. I can relate with you um, on that one. So, the, uh, so yeah, anyway, that's Alec. Uh, he's great. Uh, the, so, sorry, but going back, like, so when we're talking about the, um, like that kind of feeling of loss, like that kind of loss of like a centering agent, uh, when you have depression or when your industry leaves or something like that, like you can also see it in the God stuff of like the questioning of like, well, if all this goes to shit, if like I'm like super depressed and I'm, you know, and like everything is like falling down around me, like I still have like God or something, but what if that you didn't mm-hmm. have that either? Um, and so I think, we tried to explore the common feeling of all these things. Um, and as we were going, the economics of it became a larger um, part of it. Like not in the sense that we started out with none of it. Cause like our original pitch was like, yeah, this is a mining town. This is good. This is in, or this is like a rust belt kind of area where, you know, mining town, mill town, et cetera, just like everywhere <laughs> yeah, out here. No. <laughs> um, the, and where Bethany, you know, comes from in like Central PA, like is extremely Possum mm-hmm. Springsy. Like so much of this is, setting is based like so much on where she grew up. Like that explains a but, lot, by the way. Actually, uh, knowing that, because um, I, I mean, driving to, back and forth to Chicago, I've gone through the middle of the state a million times at this point. Um, although I'm back in Philly now, and there, you're right, it's very similar. Yeah, just go to like Lewistown, sure. PA, which okay. is where Bethany's from, and then and then just drive west to Pittsburgh, and you basically pass through everything, every environment that inspired the <laughs> game's environments. Uh, and I, I, you know, I lived out here for so long that like I in a bunch of different towns, and I've just like soaked yeah. it up too. So, um, so I think like as we went, the the economics the of it and the the politics, if you want to call it that, like became. Uh, tied into those themes a lot, uh, like really heavily, um, because we couldn't really just do this environment and be like, yeah, it's, there's all this like all this economic stuff. Anyway, we're just gonna put that <laughs> off to the side and enjoy the like slightly crumbly buildings and stuff. And it was just like, no, nah, it feels like you're like doing that tourist thing, even yeah. if you live there. It feels like you're like, no, nah, I can't. This is not the. You can't tell a story here without that. You just can't. And as we went, the themes kind of aligned into this, you know. And it, they kind of like, you know, wound into each other yeah. a whole bunch. So you can't really tell the story of Night in the Woods uh, now without talking about like the mental health stuff. But and you also really can't talk about it without talking about the I think economics. That, to put my literary um, critics hat on for a second, like I think that keys into two re- things that I really like about the game. The one is that you do this amazing job of um, talking about the affective qualities of of precarity that I think a lot of critics actually miss because there's sort of like an emphasis on you know, how effective is it? How, you know, material is it? And that you end up in sort of a, an argument about it. But the representation here balances them out. Um, you know, what you're feeling more of at any given point is kind of 
not you know it it changes it varies it's a it's a spectrum um yeah it's it's it's, it's yeah. a lake you're in there you go. yeah it's not like a street you're right, exactly in and, out of. Um, and the other thing uh and this is the one really i had anything i'll say but this is sort of the the brand of of stuff i do oh Oh, 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 we okay. can get heavy. Well, so, uh, <laughs> so let me let me bring it in. Uh, so, Heyer Glukach, one of my favorite uh, Soviet critics, um, writes on mm-hmm. um, representation of like basically representation of, of capitalism and, and criticism of capitalism. Um, and, and what he does in this it's this uh, essay called "Reportage or Portrayal." Um, and "Reportage or Portrayal," he basically sets sets um, the jungle against um, uh, a book by uh, Leo Tolstoy. And so in the jungle, he says, mm-hmm. the jungle's great, it's fine, but what it does is it just, like, tells people about capitalism. It's it's just reportage, it just, like, presents facts, It does it, which does nothing in terms of actual representation. And so, like, for Lukács, actual representation is what, um, and of course he's writing under Stalin, he's sort of, like, very much a part of the party. So he's, like, very much interested in, like, what the Soviet, you know, what Soviet artists should do to push forward revolution or something like that. It's, it's a much sort of different focus mm-hmm. than we'd have today. Um but he says, like, that's not going to work. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, and he says in Tolstoy, there's this scene where um, this man, this lawyer, is trying to get his client. And I, I remember the scene because it's actually a, a fairly well-chosen one. He's trying to get his client off. It's not in one of Tolstoy's more famous books. But he's trying to get sort of his client uh, exonerated. And he talks to, at one point after court, he meets the wife of the judge. Um, and the wife of the judge invites him to a party. Um and he says, like, wow, you know, I, got, I really have all this work to do for my client. And she says, oh, I'll talk to my husband. I'm sure we can make something work out. Um, and Lukács says, like, in that moment, you get to see the relations of capital. Like, you actually get to see them happen, right? Where, like, you've met the right person and, like, you can pull strings and stuff like that. And so that reportage is much more important. Um, and it seems to me that, yeah. like, going about the game in the way you have. So, like, one of the things I'm super fascinated in is how video games represent class. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Obviously, certain games just aren't interested in it. Um, but mm-hmm. I think coming at it the way you did, like in in a sense, like backwards or in a sense, like sort of, uh, not intending to do it, but backing into it, um, that really kind of gets at what reportage is, uh, or not reportage, but portrayal is, uh, in that, like, you're still telling your story, but it's like, there have to be these concrete realities surrounding that story. Yeah, not like having a <clears throat> man. This is gonna this is gonna go place, but like not having a uh, not having a material criticism of your politics. I I, I think that uh, without naming names, like there's a lot of games that want to do that, where they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna make fun of capitalism. But what they mean is they're making mm-hmm. fun of commercials. They're making fun of yeah. consumerism, which is maybe the least interesting and actually least exploitative <laughs> part of capitalism, in my opinion. It's like the the actual horrors of capitalism don't fall on you because you want to go buy a big gulp. <laughs> Like it happens at the people who are making that and like the wage, like, you know, and like, you know, the labor exploitation and where it's made and all this other stuff and like how that uh, that connects with power in some way and how that connects with the abuses of power in, in some fashion. Um, I grew up in the 90s. And so like the whole like, man, I'm not going to be a consumer thing is like great and all. But like it's also, I think, an, an ultimately hyper individualist way of understanding uh, the actual power yeah. of capitalism, like, because it's like, because it, if you understand it merely in that sense, it's just like, well, just don't buy this thing and you're fine. And it's just like, that's not how this works <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, um, 
you know, boy, I, I'm actually fine with boycotts. I think they're great, like, mm-hmm. on a personal level. But, like, I don't think that that's necessarily always going to be the thing that, like, overturns things. So the, um, I think that not having some sort of, like, materialist analysis of, like, you know, what are the actual on-the-ground conditions of, of and, like, power dynamics of the situation and how do they push people to act like they do? And how do they push these relationships? How do they how do they wear on people? How do they empower people? How do they disempower them? Um, you don't have to like preach at people about it. You can just say like, yeah, like okay. So uh, for me, the the ur text of games doing this other than like Heart Life is yeah. Kentucky I actually Route thought Kentucky Route Zero a couple of times um, while I was playing. Yeah, Kentucky Route Zero is probably at least for me like my biggest influence as like a designer as far as like the kind of game that. Mind the Woods is, which is this, like, walking around kind of puzzle light, but lots of stuff to do, like, very ensconced in a place with these characters. Like, uh, Kentucky Road Zero's hyper-focus on debt. Um, it, I mean, they talk about a lot of different stuff, but debt is such a huge thing. Um, and that was like, oh, this is so good, because they're not going to sit here and lecture you about debt. And like all the political like ramifications of it and all the theory behind it, they're just going to show no. This is what mm-hmm. this is, and and this is how this affects a person and changes them in a way that you can look at it from your own life and go, oh god, that is me. That is my. It is like how many people do I know are destroyed by yep. debt or like driven into like every bad destructive thing in their lives by debt, by owing, by constantly having someone who has this authority over you and this ability to take everything you have and this, this kind of existential dread that there's someone out there keeping tabs and you, and it is one and you are wanting, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you know, the, and that has this also like straight up material effect on you that comes from the material effect. It's not just that it hurts your feelings. It's that there is this material power over you that you will just never get away from unless you luck out and being able to pay it off, which a lot of people never do. Um, so Kentucky Route Zero, I think, was instructive to me, at least, in how to talk about these issues or be able to talk about them. Because it's not like I sat down and was like, all right, well, we're going to make Night in the Woods and we're going to talk about this. It was just like, no, but like we wanted to you just can't tell this story without it. And at least with me, you can't tell it in a very honest way without it. And it's, it's it's like the other thing. It's like the whole thing of like having choices that don't fix things. It's just a lot more interesting if you can talk about if you're going to set it in a place like this like to not talk about that yeah weird. no right <laughs> you know it'd be like it'd be like like having a, a game set in a boat where you don't talk about the ocean it's actually kind of interesting like you just can't I almost want to play a game set in a boat not talking about the ocean but i, I hear what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone avoids the topic because no one likes everyone the ocean. everyone just pretends it's not out there i hate this <laughs> Man, yeah. Anyway, what are we going to do today? <laughs> I don't know where this small planet we're on. Uh, <laughs> we can't leave. <laughs> no, I yeah, I like that. I like that for a couple of reasons. I mean, the one the one sort of obvious thing that you bring up, and I, I, I say obvious to me, like right when you say it, it just like clicked. Um, but it's, it's a very nuanced point is, is this instance, like this distinction between commercialism and critique, right? Or critique of commercialism, critique of materiality. Um, where like... <laughs> It's true that, you know, we can have all sorts of satire of commercial uh, life, but at the same point, it, it doesn't really get pat. It doesn't get to the point that like 
much of what we do and much of why we do it is ideologically based, right? Like, it's not like the commercial that I see on TV that I think is crass is secretly controlling my mind. It's that I make the choices I make because, like, I am complicit with the system on some level or another or forced to be complicit or something like that. And that's a harder thing yeah. to describe without ha- without starting with a different story, right? Like, starting with the story mm-hmm. of, like, these are class slaves or something like that you're going to get so far with it and you're going to kind of fall apart because it's not no one no one wakes up in the morning and says like yeah i'm a class slave i guess like i guess i'm a slave to my to my labor <laughs> i think you might feel like a freshman in college or something <laughs> but like uh the but like and like you just took like you just read like a like a people yeah, history right, of the exactly. United States and you're like what <laughs> um I didn't go to college, by the way. So, like, this is this is just me no, no, no. You're, you're right. I went, like, I went to too um, much college, and and you're you're dead on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um real quick, what you were talking about, like as far as like consumerism versus like an actual critique, like I think one of the things that I didn't think about until this until the game was done was the um as much as everyone in this game like you know talks about like the actual pernicious effects of these kind of um not just kind of like you know the kind of like Walmart or whatever, but like also just just the need to do this, just the fact that you know making ends meet and whatever and like not ha- not being able to is yeah. traumatizing. But also they fucking like love their yeah, brand. Snack Falcon is like, like they love Donut Wolf. They love Fiasco. Yes, Fiascola. They love and this and stuff. you and you guys like um, you you really like lovingly put it together. Like it it. I, I thought that was like such a great representation. I guess, I guess I have to give you I have some leeway since since you're the guest. Uh, we'll say sheets instead of wawa. Um, oh God, ugh, yeah, obviously. Ugh, Come on, ugh. you know <laughs> it's time to be nice to my guests. That's like it's just I got to repeat uh-huh. it. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna yeah, have a okay. We won't on argue this. this one. We'll have a different podcast where we argue uh-huh. that. Um, but um, <laughs> so like yeah, it's sort of like a sheets, right? Or or I mean like anyone has these sort of territorial affinities and. It's not like you walk into them and you're like, ugh, this place moved into town. Like it's such a, it's such an obvious like capitalist trap. Like you can think that, but you walk in and you feel a sense of comfort, or you walk in you feel a sense of wonder yeah. and happiness about it. And like I think the game, yeah, there are a few things more comfortable that the more comforting to me because like we've we've driven a lot just for different reasons. Like in our in my life, I've been across the country like a bunch of times, and Bethany and I have have had occasion to drive. All over mm. the place, a lot, and I will totally cop to the fact that there is little that is more comforting to me than when you're driving in a place you don't know, and you're, you know, it's the, it's at night, and you just want to get what, where you're going, or you're like hungry or something, and you come across a one of those like little oasis yep. stops or whatever, and it has like a Taco Bell or a Burger King or think maybe a Sheets yeah. uh, or something. And you're like, and you walk in, and you're like, oh, this is exactly, I, I know this place, and this is, this has things that I like, and I know what they are. There's a sense of control. There's a sense of like, homeness to it. Like, there is something that is like innately just because of experience, uh, and culture and geography yeah. and everything. Super comfortable. Well, I think about it's, that. it's interesting that um, we don't knowing. Oh, there's a Target here. I yeah. know what Target is. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, oh no, yeah. No, that was it. Uh, no, I mean like the. It, I used to. I mean, you know, I used to when I was going home from Chicago. There's a Wawa at uh, right off of Route. I think it's right off of Route 80 when you get up to 476. So like right across the state, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, 
and I used to try so hard to make it there. Um, you know, I would try and run down the gas completely just so I could get to the Wawa. And like, I don't even like mm-hmm. Wawa coffee that much. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I'll drink mm-hmm. it. I enjoy it like enough, like to buy it, um, when I need a coffee. Um, but it wasn't like it was better than like the Starbucks I could get on the side of the road or whatever. Um, it was literally mm-hmm. like the comfort of the place that made me want to do it. And it's interesting that like, we don't talk about this in video games more since video games are kind of like the, like, you know, the, the plus ultra of this where like, we are so ingrained to find comfort in familiarity, uh, in our franchises, in our, Mm -hmm. you know, I asked you earlier, what are your influences? It seems like there are a lot of influences here. Like when I saw the, you died on the, uh, on the roguelite on, um, on uh, uh, May's computer, I, I immediately I took a screenshot. I was like, "Oh, this is great! Like, it's it's Dark Souls." That was funny, but yeah, uh, Demon Tower was created. Like, I did like some art direction and some general stuff on it, but like that was very much created by Adam Saltzman, who is one of our uh, one and a half of our publisher, okay. Finji. Uh, he and his wife uh, Rebecca run that, and they are fantastic. And Alec. Uh, who worked a lot on that, and then I kind of art-directed the sprites and stuff, but a guy named Sven, whose last name I always forget, worked on that, so that was, like, one of the parts of the game that I had the least direct, like, in, like you know, mm-hmm. work on. So, like, I can't, like, sure. take credit for, like, any of it, but I was really always happy that, like, they all left, that you that died. That's so there. great. I was just like, oh, this is perfect. Like, the whole time. <laughs> We were we were very anti-reference in this game. There's not a lot of pop culture or video game references no. directly, but that one was like, yeah, let's just. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so buried. Like you actually have to play the game and you have to choose to do it. Then you know you have to hope that the person's played the Dark Souls games and yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think like there's this. I guess the way to say it is there's a there's a um, a necessary balance between liking corporations and liking things that make us feel good because of course we do because that's the society we live in and then also kind of recognizing that there's a problem there recognizing that there's something pernicious about it or i mean you've used the word pernicious and i think that's pretty pretty right um pernicious or like um you know subterranean about it that's like can't quite put your finger on yeah the i saw i'm gonna forget who it who it is but um a the speaker uh once and he was at some sort of tech conference and he was talking about like oh all the things that these you know these silicon valley places are like this kind of solutionism Mm -hmm. um this thing of like well we can it's like ultimate this kind of end game of technocracy and uh yeah see i told you you go no it's good but like the um this kind of thing of like well no everything has a solution we can disrupt every space you know we can Mm -hmm. uber everything you know, everything just needs an app. Everything just needs a like, you know, this and that, and you know, this gig economyification like of things is what's come out of that, and all this like extreme exploitation of labor and the environment and stuff is just all spurred further and further onto that, and this massive inequality and concentration of power in like Silicon Valley and uh, and other places like it. Um, and someone afterwards, this guy was like, sort of, he's like, oh, so, you know, I guess we should all just burn our phones then? And the guy's like, no, there's nothing wrong with phones. Phones are wonderful. It's, it's who, it's what's being done. Like, it's everything yeah. around them. Like, yeah, let's all, it's like the, you know, luxury communism thing or whatever. It's just like, people he, uh, sometimes I think hear these critiques and think, oh, well, this means that any sort of thing that I enjoy that is a product of a system that I don't like 
therefore it necessarily has to evaporate right. if I if, if if we imagine uh reforms to it or if we imagine overthrowing it or something that like this notion that like oh if like suddenly we had like a much more equal society and there was like and the a lot of the pernicious effects of these large corporations uh, here and abroad were lessened and oh then but suddenly we won't have phones it's like <laughs> still have phones <laughs> like they may yeah like apple will probably still exist if apple wasn't you know a, a massive like right. tax criminal who like also supports republicans and shit like you know apple would probably still be making shit like if the if there wasn't this massive all, all these abuses and stuff like part of the problem is that we're so trained to see it all as like one thing where it's like oh so you think that like you know uh like i don't know you think that big box retailers like and their effects on like certain places are bad oh i guess that you don't like yeah, convenience. I, <laughs> it's I like guess no. you've never shopped at a Walmart. Or I guess you've never shopped at a Target. Like, of course I have. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I know, it's just nationalized Walmart. But anyway. <laughs> the, right, um, now we're getting into it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, no, let's not get necessarily rid of that. But, like, we need to, um, I keep coming back to pernicious. I guess it's just, like, my, my crutch word for this. But we need to be able to counteract the perniciousness of it in the same way that increased automation is going to increasingly throw a lot of mm-hmm. labor, like completely just into the stratosphere, yep. never to be seen again. And we need to be able to have policies and ideas to counteract that, unless you just want, like, fucking yeah, Thunderdome. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, unless you want, like, the, you know, the. <laughs> Yeah, unless you want wandering migrants who just set up ten cities outside of, like, cities that they can hopefully all work at, like, Chipotle. Like, you need ways to be able to actually provide for people. And the part of that is understanding that, yeah, you're not going to get rid of Chipotle. You're not going to get rid of that. You don't really even want to, but you want to create a society where you can have Chipotle and still be... And actually take mm-hmm. care of people and not exploit. Well, yeah, it's as much. Uh, Fred Jameson um, says that I don't know if you've heard this or not. It's it's just like it's like the most overused soundbite, but it's still so useful. Um, Fred Jameson writes like somewhere or another that I don't even think he claims credit for it, but he doesn't know who it's who said it. So it's one of those like you know unsightable Cohens um, that it's easier to mm-hmm. imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. Um, and it's, yeah. it's totally true. I mean, like there's a reason it's so overly quoted. Um, I think part of that, like, is you, you get at right there, which is it's it's like immediately we're sort of left in the space where it's like, oh, you know, without competition, how could we possibly uh, produce these wonderful things like without sort of like the. Yeah. Or without this kind right, of competition yes. and this kind of like the, like yeah, the insight would like, go away or the, the drive to have it would go away. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just it's even if it's not politicized, even if it's people who don't consider themselves right or right wing or like libertarian or anything, mm-hmm. right? Like the idea that like you would not have any need for the insight if everyone had an income or something like that. It's like I don't know. That doesn't seem right. It's one of those things that is it really it, it's funny because it's like I grew up like hyper conservative mm-hmm. evangelical Christian uh, and I was kind of like into anarchism a lot in my 20s but I definitely spent a couple years after I lost my faith um, at like age 30 um, kind of like feeling more kind of like in like the kind of the liberal progressive mode because it seemed that it had like it was so much less theoretical it was so much less this there was like chart you know the voxification sure. of things like 
there were charts, you know, you could be a wonk. <laughs> it's like you can like go, but, uh, and stuff. And that leads you to this kind of technocratic centrism a lot of the time. And I like, totally like started getting kind of sucked yeah. in that direction for, for a couple of years, maybe from like, you know, 2012 to maybe 2014 or something. And the part of it is just the fact that, um, the, it, it tricks you into thinking it, it's like, okay, so you, you ever like see people on YouTube who are like, just like recent, I just, like, I just lost my faith and now I have an atheist yes. YouTube channel or something. And I know this because science tells me this and science is this and science like has answers. And if you were just, you would do these equations and do these kind of things. And I am totally, uh, you know, sympathetic to that being someone who uh, is an atheist and came, mm-hmm. comes out of faith. But there's um, there's a sense kind of politically that um, you um, how to put this that the people who really know what they're talking about know that this can't change. The people who know the most about it, like and it, like you look right. at their charts. They've done so many charts, and they work for this think tank, <laughs> and they do this, and they can explain all the reasons why you know this will never ever work. Um, and that's a really good recipe for everything staying the same forever or just incrementally changing slightly in a way that somehow always disproportionately benefits right, the wealth. Yeah, no, um, somehow. And the, the stockholders, yeah, somehow it they keeps working keep... like that. Uh, yeah, it just kind of keeps uh, – yeah, so like um, I was tying this into what you're saying. No, it's okay. I mean like – No, I it, so like I, just to pick up what you're saying, like there's a – you know, I found myself in a similar position at some at one point or another. I can't exa- remember exactly when, but I got really into. So I, I write about sports sometimes, and mostly about baseball. And um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, although I got to say, there was something very cathartic about the dream where you have the baseball bat and you can just smash everything. That was, <laughs> that was something. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. That's definitely. Fun. It reminded me of those old uh, the mini the mini levels in uh, Street Fighter Two. Yeah, that was definitely something oh, we thought right. of a lot, cool. actually, because you can you can smash yeah. up some cars, and we were always like reference that as like the that's just innate. Yeah, that was always so fun. It's fun to do in real life, and without a time limit. Yeah. I mean, come on, uh, I got everything in that park. Um, <laughs> nice, but um, yeah, like the um, you know, one of the things that's been really popular in baseball, and it's popular in a lot of sports now, is. Um, finding um, inefficiencies, finding market inefficiencies. And there's something very appealing about Mm -hmm. it because you get to say, like, well, these people are so smart, they found these cheap players that no one else wanted and they could make a team on a budget or something like that. But the risk, of Mm -hmm. course, is that you start thinking about, like, oh, like, the virtue here is making a thing on a budget, right? And that that came through to me when I was talking to a buddy of mine and he was talking about starting a school. Um, He doesn't... I think he listens to the podcast, so he'll remember this, but... um, he doesn't run a school now, but he runs tech at a school and he's very left wing and sort of like more much on the same trajectory as you or I, like much more left wing than he was, you know, five years ago or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And he, um, he was talking to me about this school and I was like, well, you know, why don't, you know, if the school can't make a lot of money, why don't you find ways that like teachers really help kids, but that other schools don't value. And then you can pay those teachers less because no school wants them. And like, then, like, you can have a staff of really, like, great teachers that you're paying less because, like, you don't have the money to pay them. And, like, immediately, as I was saying this out loud, I was like, this is horrible. Like, what 
Yeah, what that's a terrible thing to say. But it makes sense <laughs> right. on paper. It's it, it's it's such a smart little yeah. equation, though. And you feel great about like, it because you're like, well, this school doesn't have a uh, lot of money, so they shouldn't pay their teachers very much. And it's like, that's crazy. Like you can't you can't start thinking about yeah. the world that way, or else it's gonna just like, as you say, like snowball and make small changes and mostly stay the same. Yeah, the um, which is why it's like difficult. I, I think um, it, it's it can be difficult. I think to break out of that. Uh, I generally hate when people throw around like liberal is just this like like oh those liberals <laughs> sure. or something. But like it's it's hard to break out of that kind of like liberal mindset because it seems yeah. so smart. It seems so like grown up to like, it, and it's like I mean you can see with like the the Democrats right now Nancy Pelosi. This is going to date it. Sorry everyone that we're recording this in March yeah. of 2017. <laughs> but you know the head of the Democrats saying well we don't have an ideology yeah. as a party. Um, and stuff, and like that's horrifying. You should, yeah, like, absolutely, you should have that's, ideology. That's, that's bad. That's, that's extremely bad. Because your opponents do. <laughs> the pro- yeah, the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, uh, the because you can get this idea that everything just needs to be managed. We just need the right people to crunch the right numbers, and the and like cool-headed, reasonable people who will just do the scientifically, mathematically correct thing. And that will lead to scenarios like you just mentioned, like that, that is an extremely ideological choice. That's the thing is like all these things hide their, their Mm -hmm. ideology. They hide it behind. Well, no, this is just in the same way that like the conservative folks that I grew up with, you know, would say, Oh, well, it's just common sense. Yes, common sense, you know, right, sure. Like, the kind of, like, liberal version of that is, like, well, you know, we crunch the numbers, like, you know. It was funny, actually, you brought up uh, baseball. Wasn't Nate Silver a baseball yep. yeah, guy he was. before? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. So, yeah, there's a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Uh, there's a lot of that uh, going on. He actually is one of the first, like, serious online sabermetricians. So, that happens a lot, yeah. Yeah. Or Nate, he had he a had bad year last year. Yeah. The, um... But I think, uh, tr- actually, it's funny, dragging us back to the game, The um, uh, one of the things, as far as like the politics or economics of it, no one in this game, save maybe B, is managerial mm-hmm. class at all. Like, and B, you know, no one... Yeah, B, yeah, in like a really weird, mm-hmm. bad way, um, is, you know, uh, the... You know, no one's allowed that and we're we're so taught when we're given uh, i think like uh, stories in, in games and elsewhere that talk that do kind of venture into these things we are are, are given the a position yes, of authority absolutely. you know given a position of control it's one of the things i love about cart life and conduct your zero is they do not have the illusion of control. They do not have the illusion of, well, if you're just smart, you can, you can, you know, do this. Uh, and the, um, trying to think how to word this, not focusing on that. Like we're so taught to believe it's like the Steinbeck quote, just speaking of Cohen's that everyone <laughs> repeats the whole, like you know, there are no poor people in the U S only embarrassed mm-hmm. millionaires, uh, or temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Like we're so taught to identify with ma- like management yeah with the wealthy we're so like you know that's who we're supposed to talk like that's who we're supposed to um uh kind of identify with and so when you have something that is like specifically like i I just think it's important to have stories uh about people who are not in control of the aspects of every aspect of their life which is to say 99 percent of yeah no i agree uh 
Yeah, and just make myth like mythologies and stories about them and their struggles, which is to say, mm-hmm. our struggles. Yeah. And I like you know? so you hit on uh, amazingly, and and I know you said driving it back, uh, dragging it back, but in dragging it back, you hit on two things that I really wanted to say about the game. So, um, you know, definitely nice segue. Um, you did yeah. it, you nailed it. <laughs> the um, you know, I the one thing I'll say just that came up when you were talking, especially in thinking about coming from a background of faith, um, and then sort of like um, parting ways with it, you know, there's a way in which everyone in this game is so sympathetic in their own way. Like there are characters you don't like and characters you do, of course, characters who do terrible things and characters who don't. Um, but like, even I'm, I'm thinking particularly of May's mom, right. Who in a less subtle or a less sort of caring sense could be, you know, a fanatic or could be just like totally intransigent with May. Um, but there's like there's a very real sense of like okay she's like definitely of faith she's definitely like a little more conservative than May is, um, but it's mm-hmm. it, she's still a person right, um, and I think that's the other risk of that kind of liberal uh, positionality where you I mean you see it with like Eric Garland or whatever where um, the <laughs> you know you say like why don't we go <laughs> sorry I just immediately start laughing when I oh, think about that oh, I guy can't, I can't read him. This... Just crushing Adderall, sniffing it, and then talking <laughs> about like Russia. Capitalizing every other word, coming up with new slang. My God. Um, Hashtag no resistance. Backslash um. thread. Um, but mm-hmm. like the, you know, the the thing where he said like, why don't we, why don't we starve the middle states like by not giving them what the uh. what the you know coastal states think? And it's like, no, they're still people. Like you can disagree with them, and like they could do terrible yeah. things. And and yes, like some people do terrible things that we don't let them back to be people. And, you know, that's worth a discussion. But, like, most of these people are just people. And, like, you probably won't agree with them mm-hmm. or won't agree with their ideas, but, like, they still are kind of fleshed-out characters in their own right. Um, I think the game does a good job with that. Um, There's uh, one person... like So, like, that kind of, like, starving the Red States thing is, like, the way to, like, like the red mist descends, <laughs> where I'm just like, uh, ah! So, like, I won't get into it, because that will be, like, an no, entirely we, different podcast, know, like, ta- talking here. about how utterly horrible that is but like it's funny because i see some of the same people who like talk about the stuff being like oh i love night in the woods about all this stuff and i'm like motherfuckers this is the people that you want to start like this is like these are yeah these are the people like these are the areas at least like part of their problem is that they essentialize entire geographic areas by a minority of people Mm. that come out i mean a lot of the a lot of the people from central pennsylvania i mean those are red counties yeah. Oh, they're very, very red. And voting turnout is usually super, super, mm-hmm. super low. Like, um, so if you're actually looking at the percentage of people who actually pulled a lever for someone, it's this extreme yes. minority. But you know, it's like you know, twenty five, thirty percent or less. Like the, uh, and so like the, uh, yeah, kind of like being like, I don't know. It's like one of those people who's like, oh man, we should just bomb the South, and I'm like, because like they're so racist. I'm like, oh, you mean we're like, I think at least half of all the black <laughs> right, people exactly, in the U.S. Yeah. live the South, or yeah, no, it's <laughs> totally right. Or like you know, I hear, um, uh, I, I've talked with, um, I don't know if you know, uh, he goes by, I think online he goes by Larry website. Uh, he's one of the the DSA guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I'm, I'm I'm familiar just because I'm a DSA member. Oh, okay. Yeah, with so him. he's he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, we, we'll we'll talk every so often. He's a Philly guy. Um, but um, mm-hmm. uh, he um, he's Catholic, and like he'll mention like, you know, there's not 
it's not a bad thing to bring people you don't have to have faith but it's not a bad thing like you to to paint with like such a broad brush that you lose those people like why would you do that like those people like there's 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 a lot of like theology out there that works that way um yeah it's one of those things where it's like you need like those hard positions that like oftentimes like faith institutions and beliefs like there will be times when you do have to say like, no, sorry, we don't compromise on this thing that your faith says we shouldn't do or should do or something like, sorry, no, we can't do that. Like, um, but that is such a minority usually of like, like, I don't know, like someone came up, someone was tweeting at our local DSA chapter because our local DSA chapter in Pittsburgh was talking about how um, one of the big hospitals around here had all these issues with, you know, um, reproductive Mm -hmm. autonomy and like, reproductive care and all kind and stuff. And they were like, yeah, why is that? All right. And someone tweeted is like, well, you shouldn't talk about like abortion in the, or birth control in this affirmative manner because you could alienate the Catholics. And they, and they're like our, our strong allies. And it's funny because it's like, most Catholics don't give a yeah, shit. And most Catholics who are joining the DSA certainly don't. Yeah. Like they're, 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 they're definitely, you know, the DSA is extremely 100% top to bottom, very clear on its stance yeah. about this. But like, so, but at the same time, like, is one of those things. It's like, yeah, but that's why you don't go. Well, religious need not apply because it's just like, no, there are t- like most Catholics that like are not going to sit here and try to like argue you out right. of like <laughs> contraception, like unless you get the actual Pope in here. Like, I mean, they definitely exist, but and they're out there. Um, but it's not the majority. It's not like a number that you need to really be worried about such that you just cannot abide the presence of, of, of yeah, someone who's Catholic. Or you uh, um, yeah, kick everyone out, right? I think that that was kind of like a thing with the game as far as like our depiction of faith and uh, people who are like, we don't go into like, well, I guess we do, but we don't go into like directly like how every single person in the game mm. voted. But there are clearly people you meet that seem, you know, a bit more conservative sure. just culturally. Or uh, there are people that, you know, whatever. And the same thing kind of with faith is like the um, faith and kind of God is enough of a theme throughout the game. And it ties so much in that it's like, I don't know. I I think that faith is like a a human is like a human phenomenon. I don't necessarily think it's connected. It's like tethered to some Mm -hmm. being out there or something. But I think it's like a a completely just human phenomenon. And if you treat it like a human phenomenon, you don't have to believe in it to write about it. Um, and that's like way more interesting to me. Like Pastor Kay, um, I really totally like Pastor Kay a lot, and her, yeah, and her struggle is so much. You know, I don't know how much of her storyline you saw, but um, her struggle in town is the same as like almost anyone mm-hmm. else's. Like she's like, this is the situation we're in, and we need to do something new with it. We need to do something, and like a lot of other pl- places, she's completely just smacked yeah. down by. People who have the power to say, no, it's going to stay the same, only we're going to make it slightly better or we're going to regain this past where everything right. was perfect. Somehow. Yeah, and that, that past, um, that pastness is, is written through the game too, the the emphasis on memorials and sort of like the the town pe- the townspeople having the conversations about wanting to re- refurnish them, things like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of like, it, it's a lot more interesting if you don't do that kind of like flipping everyone into who's good and who's bad. And I don't mean that in a golden mean sense. There are people in this game that are like complete yeah, total no, shit. And, and, like, and that's good too. You life. can't write everyone to be like, you know, you can't do both sides at all the time. 
Yeah, this is not like a like. I actually it's funny because I read someone talking about the game the other day, and they were like, "In the end, this game, you know, says that both sides are actually equally bad." And I'm like, uh, "Really? Did you play the game? This, game, this is not, not a game sure that, that tends to be neutral." <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really know which game. Well, this. So here's the other thing I, that that you're that you're thinking made me think of, or your 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 thinking made me think of. Good lord, um, the what you said <laughs> made me think of. Um, and I, I came up against this a million times when I was reading reviews and when people would complain about the linearity of the game and that like, they're just like, you know, I might've watched this as a show, but initially I was like, why am I playing this as a game? I'm just pressing buttons. And I was like, seriously, like, I don't know how you can look at the aesthetic of this game and expect something different. Like it's a, it's like a, it's a, it's sort of like an adventure game. Like you said, it's like a, it's a light adventure game. There's sort of like puzzles in there. Um, but a lot of it is about the narrative and like, there's something about the linearity of the narrative and something that's so evocative and artful. And I guess that's what I liked about this is that like, yes, it's concerned with giving a game experience, but it's not concerned with simply ramping up difficulty to check a box. Right. Um, yeah. The idea is that the, I mean, we do that. In yeah, Demon sure. Tower, of course. But yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, it's also, but it's also about like, okay, like the, the, the point about it is, there's a story here and we're telling a story and, and you get to sort of participate in the story. And in that story, there's this element of like, you can't fix everything. You can't change everything. You don't have total agency because no one does in this entire town. So why should the player? Um, yeah. And so that actually, I was going to ask like, is the, is there a problem of linearity in this game? And it seems to me, and then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. It seems to me that your response would be like, no, that's kind of like, that's kind of the point. Yeah, like, it, it, I don't know if it's, like, the point so much as it's, like... I mean, it, it ties in thematically, yeah. certainly, um, and politically, uh, in the sense that you are not... Um, you do not have all the options to empower yourself to overcome an obstacle, uh, necessarily. You can have these minor victories, but there are some fights that you just don't even have mm -hmm. access to. Like, you do not have access to fixing what's wrong with Possum no. Springs. And in the end, you just by accident only saw maybe a mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. Maybe we kind of leave it open. Like, you know, you, you know, this is not about may. And um, it's funny because we're talking about kind of like takes on the game that maybe we think aren't right. I, I should mention that the response has been wonderful and people are like super great and everything. We're just kind of talking. Oh yeah, about no, and this is, this is like, I, I'll take, I'll take responsibility for that too. Like, that's just, that's. Again, my training as a critic always takes the ones that I disagree. Always takes the takes that I disagree with and focuses in on them. Um, but even yeah, I, I'm mega super grateful that people have been connecting with it. And even when it's a take that I I'm like, that's eh, not mm, okay. Like I'm still like so gratified, and I think we all are that people are just interacting with it enough to give off enough takes that there are some that are maybe a little off base. Yeah. I think, but are. But it's just super great. So I should mention that because otherwise you sound like someone who's just complaining about it. like, oh, they didn't get this. Well, I mean, it, to, to sort of like um, to, to balance it then, I mean, like, I, I must have had at least, I don't know, half a dozen people tell me like, oh, you got to play this game. Like, it's really smart. And like, it gets at the art thing that you like or like, and I'm no like, you know, I'm not Jim Sterling over here. I'm not, you know, um, nationally known or even regionally known as like a game critic. So like mm -hmm. it. Tons of people just knew that I did art and knew that I did games and said, like, Night in the Woods, you got to check this out. You got to check it out. And, like, it seems to be getting recognition for, like, its approach and its execution uh, just as much as it's getting, like, some reviews that you're that maybe don't hit the mark as much. 
Yeah, I think that, like, um, so, like, yeah, going back to what you're talking about, the linearity, like, all games are pretty linear unless you're, like, you know, unless it's, like, a really specific mm-hmm. kind of game. Like, a lot of games that, like, no one thinks about is, like, oh, this is too linear. It's, like, no, it's just because your expectation is that it should right. be linear. Um, the And also, linearity is something that is, like, non-linearity is... Linearity, I can never say it right. Non-linearity <laughs> is something that is kind of, like, now, like, a back-of-the-box, like, thing. It's, like... Like twenty different right. endings. Although I hear near Automata does that, and it's really yeah, cool. I'm, but like I'm the um, too. but like complex moral choices. You know, it's like the the Bethesda right. model. These are games, that, and these are games that I like a lot. Like I'm such a complete. Like even when I don't like the game, I'm such a sap for just starting a Bethesda game and like like oh look yeah. at this huge world because exploration to me is like one of the main things I like about games. It's exploring, exploration, like charting out the map and finding new things and being in these places. And that was partly how we approached the narrative too. Like this narrative is not about you, you know, uh, going in and, you know, being someone who isn't May, (laughs) you know, Uh, it is about exploring this scenario, this like week or two in this, these two really bad weeks (laughs) in the life of this one character and in like the kind of weirdest year she's ever had when things kind of come to a head in a bunch of ways, both mundane and kind sure. of fantastical, like the, um, so it, it's about exploration. Like, it's not like may is not your avatar. May is not, you're not like may is not, you're like going to be that may is not going to be proficient. She's not going to be good at stuff. She is not going to, like, she's really good at certain things, but that's because she's yeah. good at them. Not because you built them up and chose to be, to be great at them. And I think like so many games like are amazing that they let you do that, but this is not like about your choices as a role playing person, as a player. This is not mm-hmm. D&D. Um uh, this is a a set world with set characters and you're going to have some ability to choose what May does, but it is about expo- exploring a space as opposed to creating uh this character. Um, and how you approach it. Um, and I think those are two very different um, ideals. Um, and I think both are great. Um, I like a lot of games that are very, like, you know, like Uncharted. I, like, I enjoyed Uncharted 4, but you are Nathan Drake. Like, you're, you know, that game is more linear story-wise, certainly, than yeah. ours is. Um, but it's expected to be. Because that's the kind of game it is. Um, right, whereas you're, you're producing, so think, like, an indie game in, in, in you know, whatever that means these days um such that like i think people people might say like oh does it have like difficult choices it's dialogue based like are you are you like is every choice you make does that impact the story or something like that right Mm -hmm. and a lot Mm -hmm. of it does like in big and small ways like you can't see most of this you can't see all this game at all in one playthrough like you're gonna be missing at least like 30 40 percent of of the content (laughs) uh in the game hashtag content like you're gonna be missing a lot of that so the game is pretty non-linear but we weren't we weren't about like being like here's the good ending here's the bad ending like we didn't want a as much as again i I love the bethesda games like you're not gonna blow up megaton or not blow up (laughs) megaton that is not what we wanted to do we did not want to have you choose who lives or dies or have you choose evil may or good may or something. It's just like boring. Like that kind of stuff is like just bores me to death as a creator. Not always as a player, but as a creator, that just bores me to death, and I think it bored all of us to death. Like 
you know, I remember Alec and I talking about this way, way, way back at the beginning of like, yeah, these kind of earth shattering choices uh, are yeah. boring. Like, it's so much more interesting to throw you into this jumble of stuff and be like, here are the best options you have at the moment. Let's go. And here is where you're at. And these are your choices. And let's just roll with that and see where that takes us. And we'll, we can go on some tangents and we can do some stuff. You don't always have to win. You don't always have to lose, quote unquote. We can just be more unpredictable. We can tell all kinds of stories. It's 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 just a lot more fun to make, and I think a lot. And I think to me is like more interesting to yeah, play. Yeah, no, I would agree. And I think like you know, there's the game kind of focuses on this this really interesting turn where the choices you make, like even from the opening screen, right? Uh, there are a couple of times this happens. Like the choices you make don't impact. It's not like you know May has said something, and this happens too. But like. It's not as if like they're all may have said something and changed the the course of a relationship, which is always the kind of B will remember hmm? that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. We don't really do what this. has happened yeah. in the past. Yeah. What's happened in history, and you get mm-hmm. to change like you know, oh, like now it's not a world where the flood happened. It's a world where the highway came through in another place, and so like that difference yeah. is so interesting. Like it's just like you've changed the world they experience. You haven't necessarily, and that's that's earth shattering just in a totally different way. Yeah, the, um, I, I think that, like, yeah, like, what's, yeah, it's just, like, all the little, like, we were, we were, we jokingly said at the beginning of development, like, oh, saving the world is, bo- like, you know, saving the world is, like, nothing, but, like, having a broken heart is, like, mm. everything, and that was kind of it, it was, like, what's, um, yeah, it's just, like, it's, it's so, a lot of the choices that we're given in games, because, there, uh, I hate to use this term, empowerment <laughs> fantasies, because I think it's just overused or whatever. Um, but like, uh, because they um, are about aspiring or like kind of having like a guilty pleasure of playing this like badass bad person yeah. or something, or being this like super smart commander of of this or that, and like or like your character is like this assassin that can like you know do all this superhuman stuff. It, but like. There's only so many like stories you can tell about people who are really, really good at things. Yes. No, you're <laughs> like, right. There's only so many stories you can tell about like people who are like like May is really good at jumping and like traversing. That's really great. Like, but and like beating things with a bat. It, but even that is like not always so yeah. Her there's well. a there's and, a there's a, a shadow over that, obviously. Yeah. So like, there's just so many only so many stories you can tell about like um, power in which you're the powerful mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Like, it's just like, most stories can't be about that. And I think it's cool that there are a lot of stories about that. Like I said, Dark Souls, uh, it's like my favorite series ever. And so like, I'm all about that, but um, the, there's just so much more you can do with it. If you kind of stop trying to make your character cool <laughs> or strong or smart. Uh, and that's one of the things I like about adventure games is that, you can have characters that are kind of bumbling. Yeah, you get like a guy who's just blood or something stumbling like through a situation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and like there's, it's just way more interesting to me personally to have a character who is just trying to get by. <laughs> you know. Well, I feel like I've kept you for way too long before a day where you're starting to move and when you have to meet your new landlord. So, um, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll I'll let you. Uh, I'll give you a chance. Do you have any sort of like? final artist statement you want to leave us with or uh, any sort of like deep insight uh, here's your shot <laughs> i th- i think that like um uh geez okay uh I-, I think that like for the game 
thematically what we were trying to do was tap into mm. a feeling of like you know the people it's funny because i watch these kind of game theory videos about like what is the ex- oh, i get we're in spoilers here go for it but like what is the what is the exact nature of like the thing mm-hmm. in the pit like what is the exact nature of that and it's like yeah i could write a whole explainer where of, like what is the reality in my head as to what these things are but like people are like yeah we need to like figure it out we need to like data mine the files <laughs> to like, figure out like Oh, it's this wow. and it's that and it's named this and that's like that and all that, which is uh, super flattering, by the way. <laughs> I don't think that people should stop doing that. It's mega flattering that people care enough to like be like, yeah, we want to dig super deep. But like, um, we the thing, what it specifically is, is like yeah. a thing. But also like, it's kind of all the things that it kind of represents. This kind of feeling, this kind of like the fear, um, and the way that the fear drives people to deep trauma in their own lives. And it's, you know, this dark hole in the center of everything, whether it's your mom dying and you being trapped and like having to help, you know, your family kind of go on because no one else will, or you are losing your ability to kind of correlate objects such that you're having like derealization Mm. episodes or, your, you know, the factories leave decades ago, and since then, your the trauma that that caused you has curdled into this like severe yeah. hatred that now goes on to victimize others. Um, or you know, your, you know, a, uh, or you were kind of given a responsibility and fucked that up, and you completely recognize it, how you, um how your failure lost that centering agent for someone else. Like, or how just, you know, yeah, like I said, like that kind of trauma in general of having to work jobs that don't respect you and for wages that can't sustain you for people who just like tell you that you're lucky to even be there, that they're doing you a favor while people who are super rich, you know, on another coast, are constantly making new solutions to make, you know, those bosses richer and put you out of right. a job or make you have to like scramble even harder over each other to kind of compete. It's this feeling. It's like, it's the, it's that, it's that gut. It's a hole in your gut. Like when that happens, um, I think that what I'm happy about is that a lot of people, a few people have put all of that together um, a few people have been like, oh, here's how all of these different threads, you know, and like, you know, the idea of like, oh, if you had faith and lost that and like that's a hole, mm. you know, that's left behind. Like a bunch of people have like, you know, are starting to kind of piece all that together. And that's really gratifying, sure. of course. So I can sit here and be like, oh, yes, you figured it all <laughs> out. Um, but um, the other thing, though, is that like. There are people who just connect with like really hard with like one thread who are like, this is what depression feels like. This is what my anxiety feels like. Just my actual clinical Mm -hmm. depression. And as someone who is made, um, you know, functional by like a pile of pills every day, like I totally understand that. Like if you took away like my Lamictal, like my life would pretty much Mm -hmm. crumble and stuff like so it's like. Uh, it's super wonderful to see people connecting with that or the people who are like, yeah, I come from this town. I saw this happen to my town, this hollowing out of this community. And, and I still love my hometown. There's still wonderful people there who are doing all kinds of stuff and completely flout all these like horrible 
stereotypes that you know that these people want to on you know in certain places want to starve right you know like these like um but at the same time i've seen this happen and uh or people who are like yeah i lost my faith too and this is what it felt like that's been like extremely so 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 um gratifying but it's also like I hope that with the game that we didn't just say like, look how bad everything is because everyone in the game is just trying to get by. And a lot of those people are trying to build new things in like those mm-hmm. ruins, you know, that it isn't just ruins. It's like, there's a new taco place. <laughs> hey, whether or not that is connected to some really bad shit that just happened is up to you. But like the, um, uh, <laughs> the, um, but you know, like there are, you know, Pastor K is trying to take something old and make it new that in a way that helps people. You know, like, you know, there are people who are working under these like, exploitative conditions that are trying to figure out how to fight back and how to, and how to like assert their dignity and agency. And there are people like me who are, you know, having a really rough time, but have figured out, Hey, if I can just make it through today, then that's enough mm. for today. And it's not going to save me forever. But can we just get like a pizza and hang out? And maybe if I'm mega depressed and having like end of the world, like, you know, mental issues, maybe that's kind of enough while we figure everything else out. Uh, there's something there that like when people connect with that, that makes me there are quotidian happy. joys in there. There's like everyday happiness, like the the ways in which relationships just kind of exist. The I, I thought the relationship between Greg and Angus, for instance, was I mean, initially it was just so, <laughs> so sweet. Uh, I, I love them. They're great. Like, um, I say they're great, like I didn't write them, but like they're, you <laughs> get to know that way. Yeah, for cool. sure. Yeah. You start to live with them after a while. People ask like, who's your favorite character? And I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so I, I, I'm happy that people have, and I think we're all happy with it. I'm using me just because well, I'm on the, like, the one talking, but all of us are, are, are super happy that people have connected both. And it's the way it talks about, a lot of problems and the way that it maybe talks about how people struggle mm-hmm. with them. It doesn't necessarily say, Hey, you player, you should do this and that will solve all your problems, but it's trying to depict the ways in which we can maybe move on. Maybe we, we you know, the world, like one of like the, <laughs> this is so dumb, but like one of like, there's a little like news app on your mm-hmm. tablet or not your tablet on your laptop that you can press and like get like a headline of news every day. Um, on the, in the game. I missed that. I, um, I noticed. Oh yeah. You should, you should go yeah. I, I, like where, um, where is that? I've noticed the shark. It's a, there's a little, there's a little bouncing turnip at oh, the top. That's a news thing. I, I thought that was like an advice thing. Cause the, the one, yeah, I, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go check that out again. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's like kind of like a little like, Google headline. Cause turnip is like our, our oh, Google stand in, okay. uh, the, um, but, uh, yeah. So you click turn up and you can get like a turn up headline for the day. And, one of the last things it said is like science. It, it, this is really silly. This is supposed to be kind of silly, but like it, it's like it's like scientists report that things don't necessarily have to be as bad as they are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like That's nice though. Yeah, I that I I would hope that people would take away from the game that um, the game is is a lot of things, but I I, I hope that it's not nihilistic. It, like that people don't walk away from it thinking like, oh yeah we're all just going to die. And like, that's it. That's the end of the story. Uh, it's like, no, there's a lot more to the story than that. And, um, there's like, you know, the, the, there's an actual future yeah. <laughs> out there. And if you 
kind of uh, grab onto it and hold onto it like today, then you kind of like have like a chance, I guess. That's there that's you go. as lovely a conclusion as I could possibly hope for. Uh, very hopeful. Very... <laughs> I just laid out like really concretely the themes of the game too. So it's just like farewell any sense of mystery. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um... good. I mean, now people will know they should go play it. Um, no, that that was that was really nice. I I thought that that really, yeah. I have nothing to add because that really uh it really concretizes or um concretizes makes it sound like you made it too concrete. Uh, um, collects collates my uh my feelings about the game in a really nice way um so scott you're online you're on twitter at uh at bombsfall at, at bombsfall uh you can follow other members of the team alec is at at infinite underscore ammo and uh bethany is at uh cleo c-l-e-o-d-d-e-e cleo d and you can follow us at at Night do, in the Woods on Twitter. Do they as well. all have as inventive of a screen name as you do, like Dark Socialism? Uh, no, uh, not really. Uh, they, uh, neither of them are as uh, are just the terrors on Twitter than I am. Like I, I tweet a lot, and it's a lot of this. Really no, I've been stuff, I've been happy. Like, uh, I like I I wasn't following you before we started talking about this and. I was really pleased that I did because I was like, oh, hey, like this guy's tweeting about all sorts of fun stuff that I'm interested in. <laughs> so I recommend it. It's a good follow. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that like Alec and Bethany are a lot more respectful of their followers <laughs> in the sense of like, not loading them down. No, they like stuff. it. But yeah, if you want a really, really busy timeline for however many hours a day I'm around. Uh, I work at home, so in Twitter, and I have like really intense ADD, so it's like Twitter is something that like I keep open while I'm working or nice. doing other things, and it like is like a distraction dump. Like I can just be like, okay, I'm hyper, I'm going to, you know, joke or talk to some other people or read some stuff or whatever. It's like a, it's like the, like this entire time we've been playing, I've been sitting here playing Race the Sun like yeah, the good. entire time because I can't just sit still and have a conversation. So it's like that. Twitter's that for me. I've literally looked at for fear of it picking up on my mic, doing anything else. I've literally looked at the same like 12 images of Steve Jobs on uh Arsicoriex uh terms and conditions which I just reviewed. So yeah, so okay. now I've memorized them all. <laughs> Somebody yeah, turned on exactly. that. That's exactly right. You, you can go out of Silicon Valley scam now. It was wonderful when that sort of like mashed up there. That was like a perfect moment in the podcast for me. Like I, I get what he's talking <laughs> about. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, all right. Thanks so much, Scott. I, I really appreciate it. This was this was a blast. Um, love to talk to you again sometime. Uh, love to talk to you sometime again. Oh, yeah, yeah no, it's great. And um, everyone should go play Night in the Woods. I I can't. Um, obviously, I'll I'll do my own thing on it. I'll probably end up writing a thing on it. I'll let you know when I do. Um, uh, okay. But yeah, I you know it's great. It's it's really uh, a good experience. Um, so thanks again. Thank you. talk about this as much like but like it was fun having there's two parts of the game that are the most like a point and click adventure 
mm-hmm. and both times may either complains to high heavens about it how it just how she hates this because why am I I'm here I'm in this cool environment why am I looking for shit and I actually like those games a lot but it's just like if you actually put someone in that position they're gonna be like ah I don't want to do this particularly if you're May and you're like hyped up that you're gonna go find a ghost or something like yeah the last thing you're like I gotta find a paperclip who the fuck has a paperclip like this <laughs> sucks um but the other point, I loved the oh, uh, there's the, then there's the point in like the basement where you're like collecting items to like make a machine and it's just like of course this wouldn't yeah. work. Like, May's yeah, an idiot, right. and also you may may not be an idiot, but you don't know how to make this work. Her entire diagnosis of the situation is wrong. Like, <laughs> B is actually back there doing stuff, like, because B is a professional and does this for a living. Yeah. And May's just like, ah, oh, no, I'm the scrappy adventurer. I'm going to go and collect a bunch of shit and tie it together, and that's going to solve the problem. But it's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> if anything, you've just made a mess. 